TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Good morning, G. Bush. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well, man. I appreciate you being on with us today. Uh, and, you know, I look up and I'm in I'm in a timeline and all of a sudden Earl says, hey, man, did you see this? You see this tweet? Did you see this? I said, I didn't see nothing. I didn't see it. He had to show me. He, he, he throws it over. And you tweeted yesterday. You tweeted. I think it was yesterday. You said... We were all wondering why Deshaun Watson was going to talk at the Browns golf outing. Seemed mm-hmm. like he wanted to make a public play for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I ain't mad at it. Hey, Deshaun, if you want to keep making public plays, be signed behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, behind closed doors, or through uh, intermediaries, I'm fine with that, my man. Uh, but he did come back and say that is cap with a blue cap and said, I was asked by the team t- um, to talk. But, yeah, that's my brother. What do you make of that? Is there any beef? Is there problems here? No, no, no. <laughs> I, mean, he might, I mean, he might have beef with me. I was trying to give him some credit. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, no, I have, like I said, I have no problem with, with him doing that. I mean, it's his truth. So, no, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, again, people were kind of coming at me saying, like, hold this L. I'm like, it was just a thought I had. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to put work. I wasn't putting work. It wasn't putting words into Sean's mouth. It just seemed that way to me. Um, but that being said, no, I, I have no ill will towards Deshaun at all in that regard. I mean, again, he said what he needed to say. That was that, and uh, we move on. So I, I don't no, think not, I, I don't see how that's an ill. I don't I don't see I yeah, don't I understand mean, that. Well, it, it's just because like he's basically just saying that I was wrong, which okay, that's fine. Um, and I'm glad he you know got his truth out there, and that's fine, that's perfect. But like I was even if I was quote unquote like you know reporting something that was that. I don't know. It was. It wasn't like a bad thing. Like him support him publicly making a play for DeAndre Hopkins would probably be a good thing, right? I mean, I was trying to give him some credit, but if he doesn't want it, then okay, that's fine. Hey, listen, I'm glad he glad he felt the truth. Hey, hey, you know, Deshaun, listen, listen. Um, like we said, <laughs> we all for it. There's certain people in the media that <laughs> I'm all for. If you want to make a public private play for DeAndre Hopkins, let's go ahead and do that. In terms of the DeAndre Hopkins play, what do you think is the is the, the percentage chance uh, that uh, you know he 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 makes it to Cleveland? I mean, it's probably less than fifty, right? I mean, I would assume it's probably less than fifty percent. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there, a lot of factors that go into it: the money, the uh, the city, the team, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of things. So Cleveland, I think, does have a chance for sure. I'm not saying that they don't. But at the same time, I think uh, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, it, they, they might have the best odds, but, you know, if, they're, if they have the best odds, they are, you know, they're probably 40%, where the other teams combined are probably 60%. So um, if Cleveland does have the best chance, I still think it's probably below 50%. Um, but whatever happens, happens. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens with uh Uh, You know, I was asked this question, and and it it wasn't like I I was caught off guard by it. Um, Somebody asked, and I think I was on, uh, I was on with Dustin uh, Fox and uh, Jonathan Peterlin, and asked me, "Is it a necessity for the Browns to get DeAndre Hopkins? Do you believe it is an essential part of their success in 2023?" And I I sat back and looked at it, and I said, "Well, no, I I I still think they can be successful. The way I think about it is." 
you know, is degrees of error, right? Like, if if you have DeAndre Hopkins, you you know, at times you don't have to play your best games to win, or you're not depending on one of your young guys to have development, uh, really drastic development, or you have to count on guys who are unproven. So it helps you a little bit, but I don't think that they, they need to necessarily have DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's more of a want to make sure that you kind of hedge your bet. What are your thoughts on on need versus want? Yeah, I think that you're. I think the point you're trying to make is that it makes their uh, margin of error a little bigger, right? Like it takes them from having to be a, this good and having the guys, you know, having the margin of error be that much less, and then now you kind of make that margin of error bigger because you add a super talented player, DeAndre Hopkins. So yeah, I think I don't think it's a necessity at all. I think it's more just well, you bring him in, things are going to be a little bit better. It's going to be a little bit easier to win games. And uh, you're going to have a little bit of more margin of error for a lot of other guys. So I think that's the point you're trying to make, and I think it's exactly right. I think it's perfect to have DeAndre Hopkins to just be a guy that, you know, lessens or widens your margin of error. Uh, talking to Hayden Grove on the North Elmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Of course, he's a writer for Cleveland.com. Uh, you were out there at uh, the OTAs, and, and you were able to kind of see uh, what the offense looks like. You know, what are some things that, you know, like maybe some different wrinkles that you're seeing that you didn't see before, some some different formations that that were, you weren't aware of, or or some things that kind of jumped off. Like, oh wow, that's that's a nice little wrinkle. I, we haven't seen that from Stefanski in the offense. How drastic does it look from what they've been, you know, traditionally running in in the past? I mean, it doesn't look super drastic, right? It doesn't look like completely different, um, but it does look different for sure. And I think that like. You know, they have some formations with Elijah Moore in the backfield, and they have some formations with, you know, with him kind of uh, in motion and, and u- using him in a kind of very uh, uh, versatile way, which is awesome. So um, I think that, again, it's going to be um, – there are going to be some differences, but I don't think it's going to be like night and day from last year or like, you know, completely different. Because, you know, you're going you're gonna to run some of the same play-action stuff you ran with Jacoby. That's kind of a staple of the Kevin Stefanski offense. And – Maybe you kind of utilize Deshaun's legs more, but I don't think it's going to be super, super different. I kind of hope it is. I kind of hope they, you know, open the field up and let Deshaun wing it down the field. And maybe that's something that I have kind of noticed is that you saw the other day with Marquise Goodwin running down the field, Deshaun hitting him a couple times. Maybe they're going to open this thing up and let him kind of, you know, fire it deep, whereas everything was kind of horizontal last year. Maybe this year it's going to be more, more, more vertical, and I think that's exciting. Uh, when, you, when you take a look at uh, some of the guys missing, Miles Garrett, um, has, you know, miss OTAs or whatnot. Um, obviously, mandatory camp is coming up very shortly. Um, yeah, next week. Yeah, we get next week. Where, where do you stand on that? I mean, some people say it's a nothing burger. Other people say he's a, a team captain, and they would like to see him be there with a new coach and a new scheme put in. Where do you stand with Miles Garrett and even you know Nick Chubb missing a couple of uh, of, of the OTAs? So I, I, I'll I'll preface this by saying that it is kind of a double standard, right? And it's kind of not fair. Because, like, I don't expect Nick Chubb to be there. I don't. I, and I'm like, okay, if he's not there, great. Uh, I don't expect Joel Batonio to be there. I'm like, all right, he's not there, great. Miles, I did expect to be there. Um, because you are the face of the franchise, you are, you know, it's, it's, it's not for anything else. It's to be around Darius Smith, to be around Alvin Tomlinson, to be around these guys that are new to the team, to be around Jim Schwartzmore. You know, you want to be a face of the franchise. You want to be the team leader. Well, then be there and be the face of the franchise. Be the team leader. You can't be either of those when you're not there. So I don't think it's going to affect his play. I don't think it's about play at this point. I think it's just about like, okay, you want to be the leader, show up. 
it's not that difficult. Like Deshaun, Deshaun's the leader of the offense, right? Deshaun is arguably the face of the franchise at this point. He's there. He's doing everything. He lives in Cleveland the offseason. Like, he's your guy. That's your, that's your face of the franchise. He's stepping up. Miles Garrett not being there is not exactly my favorite thing. But, again, I'm not trying to come to Miles Garrett super hard. Again, it's mandatory. It's, it's a voluntary. Darius Smith wasn't there the next week. It is what it is. So he'll be there uh, this week coming up, and we'll ask him about it, and, and that'll be that. It will be, it will be a nothing burger in the next month. But just, it's just not a great look now. And also, I thought David Njoku probably should have been there too, by the way. Um, no, no real reason for him not to show up. Uh, well, you know, you look at those, those individuals not being available. Um, we'll see if the, how that affects, you know, what they're going to do moving forward. In terms of, uh, you know, some of the, the newer guys in, in, in this wide receiver room, I, I think the wide receiver room is now very deep all of a sudden. Um, and with the new rule of changing the way we go about special teams and kick returns, um, which guys do you think are in danger? Especially, you know, especially if you get a, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there's a trickle down theory that happens. There's trickle down consequences to the rest of the squad, especially the receiving uh, team. Who are some guys that you may think are in the periphery that need to have a really good camp or even a special camp for them to make the roster at wide receiver? Well, the, the obvious, the obvious one to me is Anthony Schwartz. I mean, you know, I I completely understand the mental health thing. Trust me, I I get it, and I feel horrible that he's going through that, and I, I could not want him to feel better more. Um, but the reality is, that there are not that many spots in the NFL, and there are not that many guys that get the opportunity. So until he's mentally right, I just I, you can't be on the field, right? Like if he's not mentally 100% there. He's taking the spot away from a guy who, you know, potentially is. So I hope he gets right, and I hope that he's feeling better. But that's an obvious guy that if he's not mentally right, if he's not able to get in the field, if he's not in a good space, then, you know, it's, it's a really, really tough thing. Um, but I think he's obvious. I think Jakeem Grant, also a really tough thing. Get mm. hurt last year, tears his Achilles. You were supposed to be the return guy. Then you bring in Marquis Goodwin, you're like, what do you really need your team grant for? Because Marquis Goodwin's kind of the same thing. So that's another guy. A really tough situation. Hurts himself. Comes back, you know, and now he his spot might be gone. David Bell, you know, third or, or third or fourth round pick. I'm I'm not sure exactly what's off the top of my head at the moment, but third. I think he was third. Yeah, third round pick. You know, didn't show much of anything last year. Now you add a guy like Cedric Tillman who's got size, who's got speed, who is, a, you know, a difference maker, has a bigger catch rate. Is. Now you're like, well, David Bell, does he have a place in this roster? So those three specifically are the guys that I'm like, well, probably two of those guys aren't going to be on the team. And uh, that's tough. It really is. So if you add DeAndre Hopkins, maybe all three of them won't be on the team. And that'll be really difficult, too. So those are the three guys I really look at. You're going to have Tillman there. You're going to have CPJ. You're going to have Amari Cooper. You're going to have Elijah Moore. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. Uh, you know, uh, uh, another camp position that we look at, are you surprised that they, they didn't do much at linebacker um, in terms of bringing all those guys back? Um, you know, Anthony Walker came off injury. Phillips came off injury. JOK came off injury. Taki Taki was injured as well. Are you kind of, you know, surprised that they didn't make any bigger moves at linebacker, specifically in the draft or free agency? I'm really not because, again, the linebacker position is such a, in such a weird place in the NFL right now, right? Like, the days of, like, Brian Erlacher are gone. The days of, like, Tony Pollard are gone. Like, these guys are different now. So, the position, I think that Walker was a huge re-signing for his leadership, right? His ability to kind of, you know, galvanize the defense, 
be a leader, be, be a, you know, kind of a coach in the field type. I think when you, you know, bring back Sione Takitaki, you bring back JOK, that's huge as well. Um, JOK, you know, I, he's definitely a weapon, but got to stay healthy. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I, did, I wasn't that shocked. It's just a position that's kind of weird right now, kind of like running back. It's like we're, they're trying to figure out what these guys are going to be. And obviously Jim Schwartz runs a very, like, heavy defensive line system with a 4-3. So I wasn't that surprised. They might play a lot of, like, three safety sets. They might play, you know, some of these, you know, oboe could play like a pseudo linebacker position. So it'll be, I think it'll be different. Um, so I wasn't surprised, no. It, well, you know, you know. I think when you have guys that are you, you, you're, you're that are younger, and guys that you know you've allocated a lot of money to, especially up front in the offensive line, they get. You know, you look at it, the amount of people that got paid. Um, you, you take a look at Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett and Chubb and and Teller and, and, and Betonio. You've paid a lot of people, and including Deshaun Watson. Some positions you um, aren't going to. Um, be able to upgrade, uh, you know, like like the other positions. And linebacker, to me, is just one of them that they made that decision with. Um, what do you think the upside with Zadarius Smith is? I, I believe that he's the best pass rusher uh, to ever play beside Miles Garrett. Um, you know, you go back and look at some of the tape that he's had with uh, Green Bay. He's a guy that can rush inside and outside. Um, you know, he's relentless in his pursuit. Really good uh, bull rush, good motor. Um, I, I think Zadarius Smith is really going to pay dividends for the Browns up front. Do you think that the D-line is probably has gone from one of the weakest parts of the team to a strength? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think that's what happens when you bring Jim Schwartz in. You know, he Jim Schwartz, if nothing else, you know, runs his scheme and runs it really well. Um, and he knows what he wants up front. He knows the guys that he wants up there. So bringing him in was huge. And then you add Dalvin Tomlinson, and you add Darius Smith, and you essentially add some depth with Mo Hurst, with guys like that. I mean, that would be – yeah, so I think you're exactly right. I think it's definitely gone from a position where you're like, oh, no, you know. They're, they're, like last year, I could not for the life of me figure out why they didn't add anybody. Like, oh. it, was, it was painfully obvious that that was going to be a problem. And maybe last year they punched it, right? Like, yep. I, think it's a fa- I think it's a fair question. I think yep. it's fair. They knew Deshaun was only going to play six games. Maybe they punted, right? So, okay, you punted. Now Andrew Berry did a great job with getting this defense back up to par. you got Juan Thornhill. you got Roddy McLeod. you got Dalvin Thompson. you got Darius Smith. you got Obo Okonkrowell. So, like, it's, it's a much, much better unit. And, uh, and the defensive line is light years ahead of where it was last year. I mean, no, I think they definitely – it was definitely a gentleman's punt. Uh, they didn't yeah. come out and tell you, like, yeah, we, we're not going to get nobody. But if you look at the moves they did make. Yeah, I mean, the Taven Bryans and the Tommy Togiais and the Perrion Winfrey's, you were starting Jordan Elliott. You were going to war with those guys. And well, you're still going to start Jordan Elliott. So, so you think Jordan Elliott still has an opportunity to start on this team? Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's going to be their second inside guy. I mean, unless you want to start this area inside and put Oba on the outside. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think Jordan Elliott is still going to start. I think they still like him a lot. And uh, they're they're going to try to you know get the most out of him. But but the thing is, you know, last year Jordan Elliott was kind of like their big piece up front, and now he's kind of you know maybe a second or you know second piece or a third guy. So yeah, I, I'm not as uh, I'm not super high on Jordan Elliott, but like I think they're going to give him a shot. Yeah, I think I think you know obviously if you if you get drafted and he's another third round pick, we seem to be yeah. talking a lot about those guys. They're going to give you every opportunity to make some hay and do something. Yeah. Um, they brought in a lot of people. 
Um, and I think they'll they'll give an open audition to the op- the, the defensive tackle position opposite uh, Tomlinson. And I think you'll see Hutchers yeah. Hill. I think Elliott Perry on Winfrey will look like he may get a shot. They're gonna they're gonna rotate those guys in and see who who wants to kind of take that position. Um, last question, really really quickly here before we let you go. Appreciate you taking your time out of Saturday to come on. Um, when you look overall, like in those first. I would say four games, four first six weeks. Um, if the Browns struggle, do you think that they will make a decision early or later on Kevin Stefanski? It all depends, right? Like it depends. If they're if they lose the game closer, you know, there's good things happening on offense. The defense isn't quite there yet. You know, it all depends. If they go, you know, one and three, but they lose by a touchdown here and a touchdown, extra point here, extra point there, like. It all depends on how bad it looks, I think. I think it's all about optics. So if Kevin Smith comes down and goes one and three and they look horrible, then, yeah, I think they would make a move. I do. I think that they, they would be uh, – they would probably be smart to make a move. I mean, you're, you're wasting Deshaun's clock if that's the case. If they come out one and three and they – you know, they're competitive and they just kind of lose some close ones or whatever – and Stavansky has the offense going, then, yeah, I don't think it'll be an issue. So um, it just depends. It's really tough. Um but, yeah, I think Kevin's got a ton of pressure on him this year, and he's got to perform. Uh, listen, Hayden, awesome. Uh, I'm glad we can, we can uh, you know, get rid of that beef. We, we, we clarified that. No beef. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. He might, he might have beef with me. That's fine. I, I, again, I'll, I'll try to tell him that I didn't mean anything by it. I wasn't trying to – I was actually trying to give him credit. But, hey, if he doesn't want it, okay. That's, I'm glad he got to tell his truth out there. And, again, I'll take the L if that's what it is. But, uh yeah, I didn't. I just felt like it was a thought that I had, and um, he wanted to clarify, and he spoke his truth, and that's beautiful. He should. That's exactly absolutely his right. That's all love, all love between yep. all parties, man. We appreciate you coming on, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Debus, thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.